0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. Today, we've got Michael Giuliano with us on the phone. Michael, thank you for joining us on the Project Purple Podcast. How are you doing? Good, good. Hey, Mike, for our listeners at home and, and what we traditionally do is we give our guests an opportunity to share a little bit about their background uh, with our listeners at home. So with that being said, why don't you go ahead and share a little bit about your story, kind of your background, and then we'll get into what's going on now in a minute. But uh, feel free to share as much or as little as you want of your background. Well,
1: first, I'm a, I'm a father of three children. I have a 26-year-old daughter. A 21-year-old son and a 16-year-old daughter, and uh, this past year, I was graced enough to have a nine-month-old granddaughter.
0: God so bless you.
1: I became a grandfather this past year. Uh, other than that, I am a Saddlebrook, uh, New Jersey, police officer. I've been a police officer for 19 years and uh, just got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer this past March.
0: Let me ask you uh, a couple questions. Now you're you're into uh, powerlifting, right? Like you work out work out quite a bit.
1: Yes, I, uh, I've done powerlifting, almost basic bodybuilding. I've trained with uh, uh, some famous bodybuilders and powerlifters in the industry.
0: And have you been doing that your whole life, Mike? Uh,
1: pretty much, pretty much my entire life. Um, I'd like to think that I've almost. Uh, been preparing myself for this, uh, this fight that I got going on with the, uh, with the pancreatic cancer, you know, just basically prepping between the workouts and and the mental discipline, you know, to, to keep on going forward and and fighting.
0: Well, I know uh, a couple of good friends of mine, um, that have, uh, competed throughout the years, just locally, nothing, uh, you know, big time. Um, and I have been fortunate to, and been really blessed to meet some amazing people, and I, I will say this, in the in the bodybuilding and powerlifting industry. I mean, I think there, that sport takes a lot of discipline, and whether it's diet and nutrition and also working out. Um, I think you hit the nail right on top of the head. Though is like, you know, uh, every day is a grind with bodybuilding and powerlifting because there's you have you have to put in the time, right? Like there's no there's no substitute for hard work and grinding and, and discipline in that sport because then exactly
1: you, you, just, you, you have to put in the
0: work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's similar. I mean, you, you make a great analogy with what's going on right now um, is that, you know, there, there has to be a lot of discipline. And I think also, and I'm going to share this with you, just, I, I'm in the pancreatic cancer space and been here for 10 years. The the mental mindset is very interesting, Mike, because, you know, um, bodybuilding and powerlifting, anything that is like that grind day in, day out and having that discipline, you've got to be very strong mentally to be able to do that because especially in today's society or in today's world I should say you know you, you if you're going out to dinner with friends you can't get the nachos right like probably not you're probably not eating out a lot or I know I had a good friend who was competing for a while doing bodybuilding competitions and and we went out a couple times he would actually bring his own salad or he would just have salad just without any toppings or anything he was just so disciplined so mentally you know you have to have you know very strong mental approach I would imagine to to that sport and now coming into fighting pancreatic cancer is very similar because you have to be strong mentally to be able to, you know, fight this thing.
1: Uh, yes, of course. I mean, like I said, even when it comes to diet or even with the powerlifting, you know, it's all about, you know, keeping your body healthy. You know, the, the, you know if you want to last long in, in either, either uh, subject in the powerlifting world or the, or the bodybuilding world, you know, y- your health is, is number one priority, you know, so, you know, coming down with this, this latest diagnosis, you know, it just, nothing changes. Nothing's changed. You know, the only thing that's changed is that I have a diagnosis now, but honestly, you know, everything else has still maintained itself. You know, the pushing forward, keeping your body as healthy as you possibly can, and just getting through the next, the next,
0: we'll we'll call it a speed bump, we'll call it. I think that's a great analogy, the speed bump. So I want to talk a little bit about you know, the diagnosis. So you're still working out. You're probably living life normally, right? I would imagine going to work, working out, I'm training.
1: Going going to work five days a week, um, not hitting the gym as often as I used to, um, of course, because of, you know, treatments and yeah. everything else. But I still make it a point to, to get my, my body in there and, and, and do something. I don't just sit, you know, I, I don't have that woe is me attitude or, or why has this happened? You know, it's just a matter of, all right, I got some, I got an obstacle in front of me, and it's time to get through it, and let, let's just break through and then get past it.
0: So I, I want to even back up a little bit further. So before you were diagnosed, Mike, were you, I, again, you're working out, going to work. What were some of the symptoms? And, and we love sharing these with our audience because I think the one thing, and I don't know if you experienced this, is with pancreatic cancer, the symptoms are so vague. And we've had many survivors and fighters on the podcast. And I've gotta be honest, I mean there's maybe a handful that had very similar experiences, but a lot of them were very different. And I think that's like really important to share with our audience because there might be someone listening to this podcast that is maybe experiencing the same thing. And it's it's awesome to share. Uh, you know what you experienced before you were diagnosed during that kind of transition time of you know being healthy and then realizing that you had this you know thing called pancreatic cancer
1: all right um like I said a little background I mean I've 46 years of health I've I've never had a surgery um never had any medical issues never really went to see doctors you know I was I I don't want to sound like it's a a stereotype, but I was, you know, the epitome of being healthy. You know, it was one of those where, you know, I, nobody ever saw me sick. And then, uh, come this past January out of nowhere, I, uh, I had had a little bronchitis going on, which, Mm -hmm. you know, the symptoms were just typical bronchitis symptoms. Um, they put me on an antibiotic and one day I was just buckled over on my hands and knees in pain. I had I would say the worst abdominal pain I've ever And the only symptom I ever had was that massive abdominal pain that came out of the blue
0: and you never so I mean, this is so fascinating because so a diet like you weren't having issues of eating or you didn't I mean naturally if you're So self-aware with working out and staying in good shape It's not an issue of like hey You weren't losing weight because that's something that a lot of people say sometimes is like hey I lost like 20 pounds in a month. Yeah,
1: actually you know what i did lose weight i again i attributed it to the antibiotic because okay. you know the antibiotic you know antibiotics never make the stomach exactly feel you know whole we'll yeah. say you know they, they kind of beat you up a little bit i did lose about 10 pounds on the antibiotic during the course of that week wow. so again i attributed the, the 10 pound weight loss originally and the abdominal pains to the antibiotic which uh you know unfortunately i was wrong yeah, uh, but uh, from from then till now, I have lost a total of uh, thirty pounds. But thank God, I was able to afford to be able to lose that weight. You know, I was like I said, all those years of working out and building my body and and keeping it healthy. You know, the thirty pound weight loss, I, I was able to afford that. We'll say that uh, that withdrawal. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I know and power lifters tend to be a little bit more bulkier um, and, you know, depending on the bodybuilders, depending on if you're, you know, in season or out of season, I know they kind of tend to bulk up out of season. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, they tend to hold or or hold on to some water weight or, you know, uh, more like the density in terms of muscle and also the amount that you're eating, you know, the intake, your body is naturally going to grow a bit. And then also, I think for listeners at home is... You know, typically when you're working out that way, you're building muscle. So muscle is heavier than fat, so it's it's also going to attribute to your mass and your size as well.
1: And that's why I continue to still train and work out. And yeah. I mean, Like I said, it's not the intensity, it's not as heavy, it's not as you know crazy as it used to be. But again, you know, uh, muscle wasting unfortunately is a huge uh, downside of having this disease.
0: Yeah. Now, did you have any family history, Mike, of like pancreatic cancer or any cancer in general, like no, siblings I, or parents?
1: I'm the only person in my entire family, on both my mother and father's side, that uh, has it. I even mm-hmm. did the uh, the DNA test for yeah. the BRCA genes. Yeah, yeah, and everything was negative. Um, oh. But again, you know, for I did that testing just so I would know, you know, so I could be a little bit more comfortable knowing my kids don't have it genetically predisposed. Yeah. You know, that that's a huge relief on my end. You know, you know, if I have to fight it, you know, I know I'm strong enough and positive enough to to go along and fight this. You know, I just didn't want the same for my kids. You know, I just wanted to clear that out of my head and not have that, you know, worry in the back of my head like, you know, I'd have to worry about them.
0: Yeah, and then that's something that, you know, right now the government has now mandated, well, I, I should say the NIH. So the, the, the guidelines have changed, uh, which is great. And there's a lot going on in this space. And this is one of the major enhancements that I think a lot of the people, general public, aren't aware of it. And they shouldn't be, in fairness to them, just because they're not in this space every day, in and out, um, in terms of the, the, the disease and prevention and screening. So uh, genetic testing. Is now required by uh, the NIH. It, it became a mandate at the beginning of the year. So anyone who is diagnosed, regardless of where they go um, across the country, should have genetic testing done. And and that's the one thing. And we've been really strong on that. And it's great that you said that, Mike. You know, really for the family because that's really, you know, in the long run, we do know that there is a fam- familial connection to this disease. So if we can identify people that are at risk and monitor them, it's huge. And the other thing for patients, so if there's patients listening to this um, and they haven't had genetic testing, they should ask for genetic testing because their doctor should be providing genetic testing for them. But um, there is a treatment protocol for the BRCA gene mutation that actually has done very well for a lot of patients that have that BRCA gene mutation. So um, that's something that just recently changed this year. And, and it is, you know, it's a positive thing. I think the science is getting better and better and better every year. Uh, but it's it's amazing, um, you know, that, uh, that that is happening. And that's a good thing. And I'm glad, though, that, you know, for your family, uh, that is not an issue. So I I want to just... Talk a little bit um, about like treatment. So, what are you uh, currently? So, you said you're you're doing treatment um, at Columbia, or did you just go to Columbia and then you're doing treatment back in in the Saddlebrook area?
1: I'm uh, I'm getting treatment. I'm doing chemotherapy treatment at the John Thur Cancer Center in Hackensack, New Jersey. Uh, currently doing full once every two weeks. Uh, they basically told me that it's a level eight out of ten strength level when it comes to chemotherapy. They uh, they f- figured I was still kind of young enough at forty seven years old and healthy enough to uh, to
0: endure it. And how many treatments of aflorox have you had? I've had four. And you fared pretty well so far in terms of uh, um, side effects. I
1: just took off the last one. Yep. Um, it was getting to the point where I noticed uh, after the fourth treatment, I wasn't able to bounce back as easy. Yep. Um, it was kind of beating me down. Uh, I tell my family, you know, it's kind of like you're in a race, and I couldn't get ahead of, of the Fulfurinox. You know, I was trying to stay a step ahead, and I couldn't I couldn't keep ahead anymore. So I gave myself a, uh, a two-week break from chemotherapy to get healthy again.
0: Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, uh, Mike, that's pretty common. I mean, I think, um, you know, you, you hit the nail right on top of the head again with Fulfurinox. I mean, that is pretty toxic stuff, and um, it does its job what it's supposed to be designed for but the the challenging is you know patients tolerating it for long enough and some patients actually can tolerate it pretty well and other patients you know have side effects and they have to take some breaks sometime and um you know we always tell patients and i've heard many doctors say this i mean chemo breaks are not bad I, i think you know people sometimes that are battling and I can't speak to that because I've never had cancer um but you know taking a chemo break necessarily is not a bad thing because you want your body to be as strong as possible when taking the chemo so there exactly. you know, that's that's
1: that's exactly what it has to be yeah um like I said I was on my fourth treatment and my cancer antigen level before I started chemo was at 11,000 after two Fulfirinox treatments, it got knocked down to 4,400. Wow. Um, so they said that was huge, that the cancer cells were dying at an extremely high rate. Yeah. So even knowing that, I still knew I needed to take a break. You know, mentally, of course, it's, again, challenging, you knowing that your levels are going down so fast and so dramatic and everything's working. But if you can't be healthy and, and enjoy and live your life, you know, two week break was, was, trust me, was much needed. You know, it just, everybody saw a difference, you know, again, you know, being positive and then pushing through, uh, just being healthy, you know, makes everything so much easier.
0: Without a doubt. And I, I think that's really important what you just said to our audience. And I think for anyone who's listening at home, you know, I think take those words, um, in stride because it's so powerful because if you're not mentally ready or physically ready even and sometimes you know again if the break is not the end i always tell people like the break is just you know take two weeks off or take three weeks off but come back and and get yourself ready mike i'd love to ask you this question and 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 hopefully um you know there's people from all walks of life that listen to our podcast but for those that are battling and maybe there's someone in your shoes or someone that's about to go into your shoes what are some of the things and I know you've had four treatments and you know um, that you have done that have prepared you for these treatments and and we're probably not going to tell everyone to go and, and lift weights if they haven't lifted weights um, and I know you mentioned earlier like hey you've kind of kept that routine not as you know aggressive or, or not as consistent just because of what's going on um, but what are some of the other things that you've done that maybe kind of have you know your attitude you've got a great attitude so i'd love to hear more about that i mean i'm sure being a police officer the things you see um through their 19 years kind of puts a lot in perspective but for our audience listening at home can you share some of the things that you've done uh, to kind of get you to you know these through these four treatments
1: i mean the, the biggest thing And you know again not the physical aspect of it but it's more the the mental aspect of it you can't lose your positive thinking you can't lose you know an ounce of hope that you know all right you know okay i got diagnosed with this you know you can't let it beat you down and and i've you know when i've had people look at me that haven't seen me in a while i'm like oh you lost a lot of weight what's going on and i just tell them you know i don't hesitate i said i got stage four pancreatic cancer. You know, and people look at you and they don't know what to say and they're kind of shocked that you kind of just throw it out there. Mm -hmm. But you have to own it. You know, if you don't own it, you know, you're letting it beat you. You know, if you can't just openly admit, look, yeah, I'm sick, you know, but all right, I'm going to get through it. I'm going to stay positive. Mentally, you have to be mentally strong. You know, again, the woe is me. I can't believe this happened to me. You know, once you start going down the negative road, unfortunately, it snowballs and it doesn't get better. Um, So, you know, find reasons to keep on pushing, find reasons to keep being positive. You know, again, I have a huge supportive family. You know, I have my kids, I have my granddaughter. You know, I look at my granddaughter and, you know, no matter what treatment I'm going through, no matter how I feel, you know, it's the smile that I see in her face, that, you know, kind of makes you forget mm-hmm. that, you know what, this is easy. You know what, I, this isn't that bad. You know, I can get through this. You know, my fiance, um, like I said, it's just, you know, emotional support is very important. You know, to have people that are backing you and and are just there. You know, some people need the constant the push to, to stay positive, but... You know, I'm fortunate enough, I never really needed the constant push. I've always, you know, like I said, as a police officer for 19 years, I've, I have a reputation of being just the positive guy that everybody knows that I push hard. And, you know, I try and motivate people. You know, I, I like to, to try and keep people positive and motivated. And, and just if you can reach one person that you can possibly change their thinking from the negative to the positive, or give them a glimmer of some type of hope or something like that, you know, it's all
0: worth it. I couldn't agree with you more. Where does that attitude come from? Was there a point in your life, or maybe a parent, or I don't know if you have siblings or, you know, an experience? I mean, I I do think, you know, looking at your background, you know, if you've, you know, with, with athletics and, you know, lifting and powerlifting, you know, there's wins and losses, right? And not everyone always wins, but you still continue to do that. And I kind of relate that to, you know, we do a lot of marathoning and, and most of our participants will run marathons and they know going in that they're not going to win. Like you already know you're not going to win, but you have such a positive and, and such an emotional high that, you know, they keep coming back and coming back and training and getting faster. And again, they're not going to win, but they just have that positivity. So was there something along in your life that, you know, made you think that way or someone that kind of impressed you and, you know, made you think that way early on?
1: I'd like to say, yeah, but <laughs> I, 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 I basically have to, I have to own this one for myself. Yeah. Um, again, you know, you say the wins and losses, I, you know, in my head, I look at it as wins and lessons. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the losses, it, it's a lesson more than a loss. You know, like you said, the marathon runners, everything else. Yeah, they know they can't, you know, win this time. They may not finish this time, but it's a lesson for the next one. Again, the mindset of thinking of, of losses and everything else, really I've never had that in my life, and there was nothing that really stood out in my life that pushed me to this point. Um, you know, I lost my father when I was seven years old. Uh, I was married to my, uh, my children's mother, got divorced, you know usual divorces you know aren't exactly smooth yeah um but again found a woman in my life that has been behind me every step of the way you know for the past couple of years and even going through this now currently you know uh i'm blessed to have her in my life um and again my kids you know i, I try and set an example not just for my family not just for my kids but for anybody to kind of look at and go, you know what, I can do that. You know, he's thinking like that and he's going through all this. There's no reason, you know, I can't think like that or I can't get beyond a certain point when people don't have what I have going on. A lot of people look at certain things that go on in their lives. They're not happy with their jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not happy with the way they look. They want to start losing weight or, you know, they don't like where they live. You know, you, you got to make a positive effort to change things. You know, it all starts again with the mindset. So you can have that mindset where you're you're capable, and everyone's capable of making that change. You just have to say you're going to do it and just do it.
0: Powerful stuff, man. Do you um, do you meditate at all, or use visualization?
1: No, I don't. Do not meditate. Don't do it. <laughs> no yoga. No nothing. <laughs>
0: No, I was just asking because I know uh, some of our uh, folks that we've had on on the the podcast have talked about meditation. And I didn't know with like powerlifting, you know, if that was like a – you know, I, I know a couple friends who powerlift and, and you know, they visualize like, you know, all right, you're going to bench press, you know, 700 pounds or, you know, deadlift, you know, 560 and, and you know, you visualize that and, and you're, you know, there's power, I guess, to that. and
1: I mean, for me, when it came to, you know, again, the training aspect of yeah. powerlifting and all that stuff, you kind of zone out and you, you try and almost lose your thought process. Yeah. You, don't, you, tr- you lose yourself. You know, you just kind of black out. You just kind of... Dive into what you're doing, and, and that's about it. Um, like I said, the, the when it comes to focusing or, or visualizing, yeah, you know, I wasn't one to visualize. You know, I'm going to move. You know, this type of weight. Yeah, you know, it was more or less all right. Let me just zone out and just not even think about the weight. Like it don't even exist, and then go from there.
0: That's powerful. I like that. Um, how has Pancreatic cancer changed your life. Um, well,
1: like I said, um, yeah, you know, it's just learning to appreciate life. I mean, I have appreciated life, you know, again, everything that gets thrown at you, everything in life basically, you know, changes your aspect of your way of thinking. I was in a very good place in my life before I got diagnosed you know, again, I had my granddaughter. My kids are doing excellent. They're growing up to be great young adults. Um, you know, yes, I got through my divorce, you know, years ago. And, you know, everything was turning even more positive in my life. So um, this is a step where I guess it's meant for me to take a step back and refocus on everything and just assess what's really important, you know, in my life. Again, my kids, my granddaughter, my fiance, looking to get remarried by the end of this year. Uh, Other than that, you know, it really hasn't changed anything that I'm that I physically do. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it has let me take a step back, you know, and appreciate everything that's around me more.
0: Now, before you uh, were diagnosed. You were lifting six days, five days? How how often were you going to the gym? Or- uh, I was-
1: really pick what's important in your life. Yeah. And, and and just come to terms with it that, you know, it, it is what it is. It's no big deal. You can always get everything back. Num- numbers for weightlifting can always come back again. But are they really that important? But my health right now is the most important thing to me. Yeah, you know, and- being around and, and, and making sure I'm around for, for everybody in my family, you yeah. know, to be that, that person that everybody still goes to, uh, is
0: the most important for me. And so with working out now, you're still going, it's just the intense, like you said, the intensity is gone and, uh, well, it's, it's just, you're not intense. Just, you, you can't really push yourself. It, it, that you know,
1: the, the energy levels have yeah. changed. Yeah. Um, having the pancreatic cancer does change your energy levels. Um, especially after a chemo session, Yeah. you know, your, your, your energy levels really, you know, kind of go to empty. Yep. Uh usually within three days after my chemo treatment, I'm able to start moving around, functioning, yeah. and get back to normal life
0: again. And so you're still active in terms of going. And that was kind of my point is yeah. your activity is delayed let's say for a couple days but then you're still able to kind of keep a routine and still kind of move i would say movement and still um, get to the gym and and work out a bit um, just to kind of um, you know keep the body strong and and keep that mental focus as well
1: exactly i yesterday i just cut the grass you know i don't let anything anything i was doing i still do you know like i said and again the way you look at things all right so three days after chemo, I'm pretty well. I know I, I have to let my body relax and recover. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just a, a known thing. Yeah. I have to let my body recover. It's not not a uh, being stubborn or pig-headed or, or whichever way you want to look at it. Your body needs to recover. So th- I know three days is what my body needs. So I look at it where six days a month I have downtime. That means I got... Twenty-four days out the month, I could still live my life, do what I do, do my activities, make sure the lawn looks good, make sure I go to the gym, still go food shopping. You know, you still got to live your life.
0: That's uh, that's pretty powerful stuff. That you you know, I mean, you break it down and you really think about that. Like six days is, you know, that's good veg. You know, you can catch up on Netflix or whatever your favorite show is, or you know, read (laughs) a book or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, As, I, you
1: know, you really have to physically want to change the way you think. Yeah, again, prior priorities. You know, what, what's really important. You know, Does, can you let it change you? Yeah, you can let it change you. I, I've, I've seen people. You know, you could tell just by meeting them that all right, they're letting it beat them. You know, they're they're giving up on themselves. I was never that guy. You know, and like I said, I even make it a point every time I have chemo treatment. I wear some type of superhero T-shirt.
0: Oh, I love it,
1: and, and I put it on my Instagram, my Facebook. You know, superhero of the week. You know, and and you know, try and just you know, not so much make people laugh, but you know, just to lighten up and realize, you know what, it's not that bad. You know, don't treat anybody that has this you know diagnosis like they're like is it death sentence. It's not. You know, you can still live.
0: Well, I think that's so powerful, Mike what you just said. I mean, you said so many inspiring things here. And and this is what our podcast is about is sharing stories like yours. But I I think, you know, the mindset, but like, people go into this and and listen, there's a very harsh reality with this disease. And we all know this. Uh, We know what the statistics are. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to beat this thing or that someone listening onto this podcast is not going to be that person or all the, the people listening can be that person. There's a lot going on and everyone is different in terms of how they react to the treatments and how their body reacts and what their background is and how healthy they were prior. And I will say like having a healthy lifestyle before, um, is, is critical. I think, um, in all cancers, I mean, not just pancreatic cancer, but I've known people that have, beaten stage four cancers that were extremely healthy before. um, And there's a reason for that because their body was able to withstand the treatments. Mentally, they were able to withstand the treatments. So I, I think that's a huge plus. And so for those folks that are listening that don't have cancer, take heed like you know take care of yourself because when you do get sick you want to be kind of in the best shape of your life or close to that shape because that is really critical to, to beating and fighting disease but you are so on point with what you just said you know and having that mindset and, and that is that is so critical it's so so critical and I can speak from the ten years of experience that I've had in this disease so I appreciate you saying that and having uh, the gumption to say that Mike I
1: mean, like I said before You know, 46 years of my life up until this past year, you know, healthy as an ox, strong as an ox, you know, I never thought, you know, this would come into my direction, you know, and again, and after I got diagnosed, I came to realize again, you know what, maybe I've been preparing my whole life, you know, for this to happen to me, maybe subconsciously, you know, I, should have, I knew that I was supposed to take care of my body and eat right and do everything right, you know, to get through this. You know, again, you know, being healthy to start definitely helps. You know, but again, even more importantly, being mentally strong is the most important thing you can do.
0: Without a doubt. Without a doubt. How's work been with, with everything that's been going on?
1: Work's been... The road yeah. yeah i did i was on the road enjoyed the road I, I missed the road Yeah, but you know now i'm on administrative day shifts i'm inside paperwork handle uh telephone calls for dispatching yeah they, they've been excellent you know more than accommodating when it comes to you know if i have appointments or chemo treatment you know to, to get off and be able to you know do my treatment when i need to uh, they've been excellent
0: well, we, we have quite a few uh, folks that I'd love to connect you with that are in the service and um, in, in not in the public service uh, arena, police and fire. And I always find it's such a brotherhood and a sisterhood. And I, I always I, I've never heard from anyone who's fought that, like, you know, the, the police or fire have been, you know, not receptive to, you know, surrounding them with just positivity and support. So it's it's just great to hear. And I, I think, you know, naturally doing the job you do, you know, similar to fighting, you know, cancer, I mean you you know, you could police officers, firemen can go out on a call and they could not come home that night. You know, and I don't know if that's something that prepares folks uh, You know, maybe a little bit differently naturally than someone who doesn't have a job like that to fighting something like this, Mike, because we have we have a guy um, who's a fireman. And, you know, he he came in on the podcast and he said something very similar, just that, you know, um, he lived his life, you know, when he kissed his wife in the morning and his kids that, hey, you know, he may not come home today. know because of his job and you know what he put out there so it's something uh, something to be said about that industry and just uh, how they rally around their their fellow officers and firefighters is just really special so that's great that they're they're extremely helpful and, and supportive around this whole thing
1: I mean our police department handles all of our own ambulance calls in town so like I said I've seen people sick I've seen people at their worst you know, been to their houses, trying to assist them, you know, get an ambulance for them, get them to the hospital. You know, again, it, it does make you appreciate every aspect of life.
0: Yeah, it's powerful stuff. Last question here for you, and probably one of the most important ones that I've asked you. For our listeners at home, and maybe there's someone in your shoes that just got diagnosed, what advice would you give to them? Uh,
1: biggest advice? you're not capable of, you know, being strong mentally, go and find some type of uh, emotional support group or find somebody you can talk to to kind of guide you into a more positive direction to not let you give up on yourself. Um, Again, that's the most important thing is to not give up, fight through it, keep pushing through it. Like I said, if you're not already mentally strong, everybody has somebody they can rely on if you don't have somebody you can rely on there are a lot of support groups out there that you know rally again pancreatic cancer groups you know that have members that will help you mentally get through it
0: awesome awesome.
1: You know, nobody's ever alone nobody's ever alone in doing this
0: no and that's so powerful so thank you mike for your time and the last thing that i have Um, that we want to give our audience an opportunity and this is really up to you if there's a way that um, maybe there's someone who's listening to this that's inspired by what you've just said um, how can they find you i I think you're on instagram and i don't know if we want to give out i'm on
1: instagram i'm also on facebook
0: so instagram what's your handle on instagram is it mike giuliani or, or giuliano yeah
1: it should be mike giuliano uh, Mike Giuliano Sr., I believe, because my son's a junior. So you may get the wrong one. Yeah, yeah. It'll, <laughs> it'll be my kid. Um, but also, you know, I do have Facebook or just Google search my name and type in Saddlebrook, New Jersey, and it should pop up for my Facebook page. Um, and if you want to message me, you can message me through that.
0: Awesome, awesome. So Mike Giuliano Sr. on Instagram. I see your page up. We got it here. That must be your granddaughter, the most recent pick. So it's Mike. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like it's Mike. Your handle is Mike JSR forty four. So
1: there you go.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, Mike, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us on a Project Purple podcast and sharing your story. Of uh, I've got some notes here. I mean, you own it, and the power of the mindset and how powerful that can be. So it's been awesome to have you on our podcast. I'm gonna send you some stuff here once we uh, we get off the podcast. I'm gonna get your address, and uh, I love it, man. I love everything you had to say because it's so inspiring, and that's what this podcast is about: is sharing stories of inspiration. And uh, we're gonna keep cheering for you, and, and we're gonna uh, keep following your story from afar, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. That's a wrap. A pleasure.